0: Hello my dearest, if you have been in a place of simply surviving versus thriving during these unprecedented times, then this conversation is for you. Today's interview is going to allow you to sit back, feel nourished, feel heard, feel validated and feel like you're sitting down with a cup of tea or maybe a glass of wine or maybe your favorite cocktail with myself and my guest just talking about what it really, really takes to step into the pain that you're feeling and use that as a force for good, to truly feel your emotions right now and harness the power of them. And to also understand that life is short and it is too short to give away your freedom to others and not be living the life and doing the work that you truly want to. So regardless of everything else that may be happening in your life right now, I want you to sit back, grab that drink of choice, And enjoy this episode. Hey, I'm Natalie Sisson, a Kiwi, best-selling author, speaker, podcaster, vlogger, and business coach dedicated to helping you tap into your potential and get paid to be you. So my guest today is Jessica Zimmerman. She went from working 16 hours a day without earning a profit to generating seven figures working six hours a day, which... Is pretty nuts, even in my mind. And this entire journey started, if we're really honest about it, which we are in this conversation, when she survived a fatal car accident that took the life of her sister. And in that moment, she realized that life was just too short to not be living fully and to not be giving her freedom away to others. Despite all this, her business still didn't make profit for five years, five years, people, and she just couldn't figure out why. And then when her husband fell ill and became bedridden for a year, she had to take control and provide for her family of five. Whew, hats off to this, sister. Survival just wasn't an option anymore. So by setting serious boundaries and getting hyper-focused, she grew her floral design business into an industry leader. And you'll also learn at the end of this podcast how her business is doing right now in this current state of financial crisis and world crisis, and I think you'll be quite surprised at her answer. So in this interview, we talk a little bit more about her book, Sleeping with a Stranger, which is actually a very raw story of what happened under the covers in both her business and personal journey. I'm totally going to be picking up a copy. We also talk about how to get out of your own way and create real wealth and what real wealth really is. We talk about how to balance hustle, home, health, and hibernation. And particularly, once I got the nuances, we talk about working with the seasons of being a female, both your business and life. So if you're intrigued about that one, listen in. And we talk more about how you can accomplish anything by not doing everything. And a lot more. I decided not to make this a super practical how-to podcast, because right now I think we just need these deeper conversations to do more reflection to do more thinking about where we're at and what we're experiencing now and how we can do something really positive with this when we come out the other side and before we even come out the other side like start acting now from our heart from our guts from experiences that we've had so without further ado let's dive in jessica zimmerman welcome to the untapped podcast thank you thank you for having me I am really excited to talk to you today about many, many things, including getting out of your own way and creating real wealth. But before we dive into that, would you share with my beautiful listeners how you get paid to be you? Yes. Well,
1: the short version of that story is that when I was young, I was in a car accident. I was three years old and my sister passed away and I lived, I survived the car accident. And so I kind of have had this Feeling my whole life that I knew life was short. People often say that, but I really know that to my core. Mm. And I just knew that I didn't want to live my life on anyone else's terms or anyone else telling me what to do. I couldn't imagine having a corporate job where someone said, I'm only allowed to take two weeks of vacation and I have to be in at this time and be gone at this time and all of that. And also my mom was a stay-at-home mom and being a mom myself, I now fully understand this. But when my sister died, my mom kind of put all of her energy into me, her one surviving child. And when I left to go to college, I saw how difficult that was for her. It was kind of like, Mm. where is her identity now that her job is gone, her child is gone. And so I kind of honestly, a little bit of it too was emotional insurance. I thought if one day I have a family, if one day I have a husband and children, and something were to happen to them, I need something outside of them that is mine. And so I. it was kind of two things. It was, I wanted to be the present mother that my mother was for me. I wanted to be able to take them to school, pick them up from school, take them to soccer games and dance recitals and all that without having to ask anyone's permission. But I also wanted something that was mine outside of my family and that that was okay. And I didn't really care what that was. I would have sold knives. I almost did for a living. (laughs) But I got the opportunity to buy a wedding rental business and I jumped at it and without really knowing what I was doing and without really having any clue what actually being a business owner entailed. A few years later, I had my daughter and I was working 16 hours a day. I wasn't making any money, no no money whatsoever. And you know, it's one of those things where if you're working all the time, but you at least have the finances to go, well, look, I'm able to offer you this and this and this, you kind of justify it to yourself. But for me, I was working all the time and I wasn't making a dime. So it was like, what are you doing? Mm. And I kind of looked and said, okay, this is the complete opposite reason why I went into business for myself. I went into business for myself so that I could be with my child. And it was, I got pregnant with twin boys, had them about six weeks later. My husband got really, really ill. And I kind of had to figure out how to turn this kind of side hobby, you know, I use quotation marks, business (laughs) into an actual business because he was in and out of the hospital. I just, my book just released about this whole story. It's called Sleeping with a Stranger. And where I kind of talk about, you know, all of this, like what was kind of going on behind the scenes of building this seven figure empire and really how it kind of, for me, kind of came from a place of fear of being scared of losing members of my family through this Mm. illness. And so I thought if I could just take care of everyone financially, that this illness would go away. And, And man, what a journey it's been the last four years learning how to live not in fear. So it's kind of a crazy story, but I'm excited to have it out for sure.
0: Well, first off as one author to another, congrats on your book. I'm very excited. I will definitely link to that in the show notes. And I really, thank really you. love the title, Sleeping with a Stranger. And that you're super vulnerable in the book. So, you know, that takes courage and guts. And thank you for sharing that story actually. I was expecting it, oh, this is how I get paid to be you, but I really love that you dived into the story and that why of of losing someone so dear, so young and then kind of carrying that through into life. I can see that why that why has fueled This seven figure business for you. And I think in some ways, using the power of that driving away from fear or from loss is a great way to be able to build something and do it with intention. And then at which point, just out of interest, do you think that switches into a, okay, now I'm here and I'm building it from a place of love and abundance and because I really, really enjoy it? I'm curious to know about that. Has that, I'm sure that's happened for you, but do you know at which point it stepped away from? just getting yourself set up financially and securely for your family and yourself into, oh my gosh, I actually fully love this. And this is an empire now. It was honestly
1: just about a year ago that I switched that mental mindset. Oh, really? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. the business itself, it was 2018 when we did our first seven figures, which was really great considering in 2014, there was a, a moment that I thought, I was going to have to file for bankruptcy. And in 2017, I kind of put everything on the line and really went for it. And so to see that risk, to see the reward that came from that risk was really great and everything. But like I said, it it did come from a fearful place. And it was just about a year ago that I really started to understand because even then, right, even the million dollars wasn't helpful. It's still, I was, which sounds crazy it's good mm-hmm. to have money to be able to pay your bills. It is. It, I'm not yeah. going to act like it's not nice to have that because it is. But mentally, there was still something, there was a craving for more or something that I needed to do, or that million dollars was able to pay for the business to run and to pay all the salaries and also able to pay down you know, some of the debt, but not all of the debt, right? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. there was, well, I still need more kind of thing. And just this constant need to continue and to grow and, okay, well, now I've done this, so how can I do even better? How can I top that? And it was all stemming from a place of fear. And it was just about a year ago that I really started practicing, I call it passive prayer. You can mm. call it meditation or whatever it is that, you know, that that sounds right for you. What it is for me is when we pray actively, we're doing the speaking or the talking And really what this is, is just about practicing listening, just really being still. And because all of the answers, what I have found, not to get too hokey about this, but they really are inside of you. If you can just stop, even before we got on this podcast, you said, I did the most important thing that I have to do today, which is meditate, yoga, and writing. And for me, that is meditation, a devotional, and exercising. Those are my three things that I have Mm. to do before I get my day going. And what I've really learned in the past year is that my mind, my body, and my spirit are really connected. And in order for me to give my best in any area, whether that's business or personal or whatever that might be, all three of those areas for me have to be touched on. They have to be fed. I find if I if I need to write and my brain just isn't working, if I'll go for a walk, all the words come to me. I find if I try to run, And yesterday I ran five miles, no problem. And then today I get on the treadmill and I can barely get going. I find Mm -hmm. if I stop and I meditate, then I get back up and I can run no problem. And so it's interesting. It really has been just about a year ago that I really kind of began to come from a place of everything's okay. Like everything's Mm -hmm. okay. It's not about the money. It's not about any of that. It's just about really being present in this moment and what is happening today because that's really all we all we have. And so hundred (laughs) percent.
0: Yeah. 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 A thing I think that really came up for me there and also just reading through your story is this I will just sort of say there's so many people who reach this amazing figure of the seven figure business, which sounds impressive and I know that you've done a ton of hard work getting there and that was sort of five years with no profit, but probably earning a heap in revenue. And I think it's really good to differentiate where true abundance comes in because people can have huge revenues, but also huge expenses. And the profit that comes out of that is actually quite minimal when the outsider looks pretty great. So I'd love for you to just talk through, I mean, it's great that you're admitting that it's really only in the last year that you've really thought more about internal abundance and that abundance of just being happy with where you're at right now and being super present in this moment because it truly is a gift. But I'd love for you to sort of share with our listeners, how do you get out of your own way and create real wealth and not come from a place of hustling, but actual, I've got this and I'm going to Mm -hmm. add value and this is how it's going to come back to me. Because I'd just be curious for somebody who's done super well and you've been through it, you've done all the struggles, you've done the years and years of work, and now you're in this place of, yeah, just a lot more knowing and groundedness. I'd love to know some of your tips around how do we actually go about creating real wealth? Sure. I
1: think there's three really solid things here. I think number one, you have got to set boundaries. And what I mean by that is I come from a family, my grandparents were farmers, right? And I remember my dad one time saying, you know, honey, the reason why God made the sun is because we're not supposed to work all the time. Farmers, (laughs) when the sun comes up is when we start working. And when the sun goes down, we stop working. And that's when we go inside and we have dinner with our family and we talk about our day and we get a good night's rest and all those things. We can't, you know, a farmer can't bring his cattle into the bed with him and continue to work like we do often with our laptops. And when he said that, that made a lot of sense to me because many of the farmers that I know are, they seem very content. Mm -hmm. And I think that there is something about just getting back to those basics of, Drinking water and eating five colors a day and being out in the sunshine and getting eight hours of sleep and those kinds of things, right? That really do add to our best self. And when we are our best self, then we're able to give so much more to our business. So I, for me, I set simple boundaries in place. Like I took my business out of it for a second and I said, let me just pretend. And this was several years ago. Let me just pretend that I've got a bank account filled with money. And I didn't at the time, but let, let me just pretend like I do. And, and that nobody needed me for anything specific. Like, what would I do? How would I spend my days? What time would I wake up? What time would I start working? What time would I end working? How long would I take for lunch? You know, those kinds of things. And I kind of wrote out this kind of dream day. And then I took it a step further and looked at a week. And I kind of thought, well, what if I took Tuesdays off? Totally. To like, do things I want to do. And things like that. And I started to write that. And then I thought, okay. I actually have my own business. This was why you went into business for yourself. So you could create, because like I said, this all goes back to being in an accident where I lost my sister. I know that time is my greatest commodity. Time is more important to me than money. It motivates me more than anything else. It's time, time, time. And so I thought, what if I can make my business work into this lifestyle that I really do want? And so just simple things like I will start working at 9 a.m. and I will stop working at 3 p.m. because at 3 p.m. I want to be done and I want to be able to go and pick up my kids from school. Right. And so first of all, just kind of setting those boundaries for how I want my life to be Mm -hmm. and then setting up everything around it. So letting people know, hey, I don't take meetings past 2 p.m. or I'm not going to take a meeting between noon and one because that's my lunch break or whatever. Like you'd be surprised how if you're only doing, you know, two meetings a day, but they're really intentionally done and you do take time to eat and you've taken time to take care of yourself before, like how much better your workday goes and how much more efficient you are. That's the biggest thing for me is I became kind of a master in efficiency because I only had six hours a day to work. So I became really, really good at being efficient and getting things done. I think a second thing is not following anyone in your industry. That was one of the very first things I did. So I was in the wedding industry and I stopped following on social media everyone in the wedding industry. I mean, not even just other floral designers and wedding planners, but I stopped following videographers, photographers, Mm. calligraphers, bakers, everything because I didn't want to get distracted. And basically, what following someone in your industry really, really genuinely does, or at least it did for me, was it was a distraction. Even if that person, I feel no threat by, or I feel nothing but love and positivity and good vibes from, you still will see a picture of a bouquet and go, oh, that's so pretty. I wish I could make a bouquet like that. And so instead of doing that, I just followed people in other industries that I found uplifting. And so maybe it was an interior designer or uh, someone who was an editor or a publisher or something that just, you have the same struggles as business owners, so you can relate to one another, but you're not comparing yourself to them, if that makes yeah, sense.
0: I love, so that. That, was, I love yeah, that, that because was, I've been thinking about doing the same thing for such a long time because you do follow people you like or admire or your peers. Sometimes it's good to learn off them, but ultimately it never leaves you feeling good because you're like, oh, they're doing that. I had that idea too, or I was thinking of doing that. And suddenly you're looking at the way they're doing it versus how you would show up with full creativity and full free reign if you didn't have any other people that you were looking into and just did it yourself, right? Yeah.
1: Right. I even had people, I remember after a huge wedding I did, that I did this crazy huge like hanging installation. It was a few months later, people started reaching out to me saying, did you see so-and-so? Like they totally copied your whatever. And first of all, they probably didn't. Could have Maybe they got inspired by what I did or whatever, but like, I don't need to be part of that conversation. I don't need to see that and think that that's what happened. I like to assume the best in people. And I like to come from a place of abundance and know that there is plenty out there for all of us. There really genuinely is. So if I can kind of just stay in my own lane and not look at what other people in my industry are doing, then I can really lay my head down at night knowing that my ideas did come from me or me being inspired by something very organically that I saw or or that I heard or I don't know. It's just, it gives you, for me, it gave me a bigger peace of mind, but it also cut out so many distractions. It cut out so many distractions, which was really wonderful. And that goes the same way with, with the distraction thing of like email mm-hmm. and social media. So I don't have any email on my phone. I don't get any notifications for social media or any of that on my phone. I have on my computer, I have email, but I only open up my email once a day. Do from you about actually? one,
0: Cause that's impressive. Yeah. yeah? Okay. good.
1: One to one 30. Unless I have a meeting that I need to go look and see like, what did, what were we doing or whatever. But I mean, as far as like going in to read and respond to emails, I open it up at one o'clock and do mm-hmm. it from one to one 30 and that's it. And then I close it down. So we're going to get our best stuff done first thing. Yeah. So if I'm going to work starting at nine o'clock, then from nine to noon, that three hour block is going to be the work I need to do for my business. Not what yeah. anyone else needs me to do. Yeah. And if that email is constantly buzzing, then I am going to something that could have taken me 30 minutes is going to end up taking three hours because why? Because I stop doing what I need to do to answer someone else's question. I'm not saying that that their question isn't important and I'm not saying that it doesn't deserve an answer. It does. But if we constantly are at someone else's beck and call, we will never, ever move the needle in our business because we'll never get anything done. So the first three hours are just what do I, Jessica Zimmerman, need to do for my business? Then I have lunch and then I check my email for 30 minutes and I've got that to where I can figure it out really quickly. If you want to go to my Instagram, to my IGTV and see how I do that, you can. It's at Jessica Zimmerman underscore. I I kind of show how I do that. But so that's a huge one is just taking out those distractions. Yeah, and okay. then third and final is, oh gosh, what was the third one? Hmm.
0: already so many juicy ones i love it it's great i've totally lost it but yeah
1: yeah there's those are some good ones for you if i come up with the other one i'll I'll tell you but those were yeah not comparing
0: and taking away the distractions are two huge ones yeah i really appreciate your honesty around that because i think a lot of people will say that but they don't do it and literally i have taken my gmail app off my phone i've taken instagram off my phone i've taken facebook off my phone before and i think it actually really makes a huge difference. And then it sneaks back in there and you wonder why. So um, Mm -hmm. thank you for reminding me to just delete those off again. And just at the end of the day, it comes down to boundaries, right? And protecting your precious time, which as you know, and I know is shorter than so many of us think. And the days and hours will roll by. And one thing I find fascinating as an entrepreneur, and also just in my life, is looking at the screen time of the phone of how many hours you've spent on your phone in a given day. And it it blows my mind sometimes I think the stats are wrong because I don't feel I pick my phone up that much I have in the past I think it actually just tracks any time that an app is working on your phone even if you're not on it and sometimes I'm like this can't be so this can't be real so Mm -hmm. it is it is an addiction and it's a the providers of these software and apps and platforms have done all the psychological testing and they know how to keep people hooked and it is it's that little dopamine hit. And it's so instantaneous and it fades away so quickly compared to, for example, doing my 40-minute writing session this morning, which has left me with everlasting happiness that I finally got into writing my new book and was focused and just lost in the time of just getting those words out of my head and onto paper, digital paper. So I totally agree. And thank you for sharing that. I remembered the third one. Yeah. What is it?
1: (laughs) I often get asked, what keeps you motivated? Like you've got three young kids and you've got a husband, you've got your business. Like what keeps you motivated? It is not about motivation. It is about commitment. That is it, Mm. commitment. And if you're looking for something that's going to motivate you, then you're going to be looking for a long time. Mm -hmm. It's not about motivation. It's about commitment. And I like to use the example of if you look at anything that has taken commitment, like for example, somebody either getting in the best shape of their life or training for a marathon. Those things aren't. Well, I'm going to get motivated for a month and do this, and then I'm going to have this incredible transformation, right? We're not going to wake up and be 300 pounds and think, okay, so for the next month, I'm going to be motivated to lose weight, and then at the end of that month, be 120 pounds. Like that doesn't happen. Same thing with a marathon. You can't train for a marathon in 30 days. It's just not going to happen. So it's not about motivation, it's about those daily moments of commitment. Mm -hmm. And so it Just like you can't have that kind of transformation in your personal life in 30 days, you're not going to have that kind of transformation in your business in 30 days. It's just not going to happen. And so it's not about motivation. It is about every single day waking up and being committed to doing something in your business that will help move it forward. And that's how businesses become successful is taking just like these little bites of bravery every day to do something. It's not, there's those of us who are successful don't have some secret that we're holding back from you and that we're keeping from you. All it <laughs> is being committed and doing the work every day. That's what it is. And oftentimes it seems like it's an overnight success for someone. But what you don't understand is the, is the decade that they've been doing those daily
0: commitments. That's what you don't see. Exactly. At the end of the day, it's about all you have is your word. And if you stay true to your word and say what you'll do and do what you'll say, that's going to get you moving forward in a positive way. It's when people tell me, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this one day or I'm going to do this tomorrow, whatever. And then they don't keep their word. They don't turn up to the meeting. They don't check in with that email accountability. They don't reply to you when they said they would. All those things. It's about keeping your word. And as you say, committing. And first of all, committing to yourself. And your mission in life and the vision that you have for how you want your business to be in your life. And then second, it's about committing to the people that you've made a promise to saying, I am going to show up and I am going to deliver and I am going to run this business the way I said I will. And I am going to give my clients this amazing experience. And I am going to create these beautiful floral designs for the, the wedding that I'm at. It's just, yeah, it's all about commitment and being true to your word. And it's something I think we break a lot. We break our own word with ourselves. Well, I was gonna say the the thing that honestly, and this makes me sad,
1: but I get it. I had this student who called me the other day and she said, Jessica, I'm so frustrated. There's someone else that she follows who is an educator and who it seems like I don't follow this person so I don't know, but this is just from a student of mine who one moment it's I'm retiring and then two months later it's oh I'm teaching a webinar and then two months later it's I'm gonna take time off and then two months later it's I've got this freebie for you. And then she said, I just want to quit following because I don't feel like I can trust this person anymore. Mm. And what I thought to myself when she said that was, I don't think that person can trust herself. And that's what happens when you don't trust yourself. You go, I've made this decision. And then you, you don't trust the decision. So you change it. And then you don't trust that decision. So you change it again, or you get scared or you change. And it's like, if we can't trust ourselves, how are we going (laughs) to? have a student trust us? And then how are we ever going to sell our product or our service or whatever? So we really, as if you're a business owner, a leader, you're trying to have some type of influence, you've got to be trustworthy. First and
0: foremost, that starts with trusting yourself. Beautifully put. Couldn't say it any better myself. Yep. And I think one thing that you and I probably have in common and many other successful entrepreneurs that I know is consistency. We turn up, we show up, we commit and we're consistent day in, day out. And as you said, businesses aren't built in 30 days. They're built over years of right. strategic showing up, being consistent, continuing to improve on what's working, making decisions about what's not, and when to let it go before it becomes hurtful, and just every single day focusing on the priority that is going to move the needle forward to more success. Mm -hmm. And that success Mm -hmm. on your own terms, that success, how you've defined it. So it might be the level of impact you're making, the number of people whose lives you've touched, it might be the profit that you have in your bank account, it could be the free time that you've created in your day, might be a combination of those things, right? But um, yeah, Yeah. I really love that trust and commitment, huge. So I guess another question that I'd love to throw your way is, you've done those 16 hour workdays, And I actually think that less is more, as I'm sure you've probably figured out over the years. I don't know why it takes so long for us sometimes to learn that. But when you focus on fewer things and do those fewer things better, there's just a beauty and magic that happens because more of your energy is going into fewer things. You've got more ability to make a huge impact. So I really like your saying that you can accomplish anything by not doing everything. Do you want to speak to just a couple of examples where that's worked really well for you? Because I always find the more examples people hear the more it's going to sink in and they will start doing it in their own lives.
1: Sure. Well, a couple of things. Number one is there's only so many hours in a day. We just have to be really, you just have to know that. So anyone who's out there who's a solopreneur, right? Doing it on your own. There's just only so long you're going to be able to do that. You're never going to be able, and I'm not someone who likes to say never, but in this case, I feel pretty confident in saying it. There's only so far you're ever going to go doing everything by yourself. There are, in order to scale, in order to grow, you have to focus on what your natural born strengths are. The truth is we were all born with natural given strengths that are just Mm -hmm. ingrained in us. They are in our DNA, which is why when we're using those natural strengths, we don't feel like we're working. That's why when people say, oh, well, this doesn't feel like work to me, it's because they're doing something that is their natural born strength. Mm -hmm. For example, If I were to be in front of a computer all day doing accounting and bookkeeping, I would feel like I was working and I would feel (laughs) like I needed to get paid a whole lot of money. Right. Mm -hmm. But sitting here talking to you right now, I don't feel like I'm working. You know what I mean? Technically I am, but I don't feel like I am because I'm using my natural strengths. Whereas, so what I do is I love the program Strength Finders. You can Google it. I think it costs $15 or $20. You take the test. If you're honest, it will give you your five top strengths. So I have my five top strengths, which really lead me to being a leader, to being the face and the voice of my business. And then I want as many strengths on my team and my company as possible. The more strengths that we have, the better my company is going to be. The more it's going to grow, the more profit we're going to make, the more impact we're going to have. And so I want as many strengths as I can. I don't want just five strengths in my business. So even, for example, today, I had an email that came up and I knew exactly who to give that to. I was like, "Mm, let me forward that to Mia. She'll have that done in five minutes. Whereas for me, it probably would have taken five hours. You know what I mean? It's just that's not my strength, but it was hers. And I have someone who handles email for me. And when I respond to email, I'm kind of two or three words because I'm just let's get to the point and go. And some people can find that really cold. They're not reading, tone cannot always come off right (laughs) when it comes to email. And so I have someone who is super thoughtful and she's timely and she's professional and all of that to respond to emails. And she does a better job than I ever could. And I'm so glad because she represents my business. So there's that, which I think is important, just starting to outsource and starting to realize that you can't do everything. And even if you just start with one job, you've got to just do that. And maybe you pay at a commission so you don't have to have the money up front. I don't know, but there's lots of different ways that you can begin to hire people, but you definitely need to do that. And the second thing is, and I understand your audience is mainly female, so I'm going to feel comfortable saying this. And I talk about this maybe in one page. It's very brief. Out of 276 pages, there's one page that talks about this briefly in my book, Sleeping with a Stranger. But one of the things that I've learned is as a woman learning how to really kind of sync my cycle to where I am my most productive self. So this was kind of a fascinating thing that I learned through a holistic doctor that I started seeing in California. And I had been on birth control for 18 years. And she basically said to me that I had been in an eternal autumn. And I said, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean? And I have to tell you, like, I'm like the least, uh, I feel like all of a sudden I'm like this earth muffin, like this, like of the (laughs) world. And I'm not normally this person, but this made me just think the way she expressed it to me. I thought, now that makes sense. And she said, you've been in an eternal autumn. And what I mean by that, she said, naturally as a woman, you should have, four weeks where you are feeling four different things. So week one would be the week where we're menstruating, right? And she said, that's your winter. That's where it should be just time for you. That's your time to really relax. That's your time to like binge watch a show if you want to, or to read a book or to take a lot of bubble baths or whatever. But you just kind of, that is not the time that you are wanting to be scheduling podcast interviews. That's not the time that you want to be launching a big product or anything like that. That time just needs to be for you to rest and recoup. So, first of all, how nice is that to kind of have just permission to -hmm. do that, right? She said, Second, you have spring, and spring is when all of your good ideas are coming, and that is when you're going to be talkative. If you know right now, I'm in spring, obviously. (laughs) She said, Mm -hmm. You want to schedule your podcast interviews during spring. You want to do a launch during spring. You want to do your webinars during, during spring or, or your speaking engagements or whatever, because you're on, right? Like you are just ready to share and to show the world what you have. Then you have summer, which is all about the harvest, right? That's like the really hard work. So maybe that is when it's like, okay, I've got to get my website up and going and I've got to get this first draft of my book done or whatever it might be. And you just are really all about just the work, you know? Mm -hmm. And then there's autumn, which is all about reflection. So autumn is a really good time for, to analyze numbers or to do bookkeeping or to anything kind of like that, or to set a schedule, or if you need to make a spreadsheet for something or, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of a good time to have that. And so when she told me that, and then she told me I had been in an eternal autumn, I thought, okay, so I've built a seven figure business being in an eternal autumn. Mm. I wonder what I could do if I experienced all four seasons. And that has been such a game changer for me. And that might sound really like off my rocker. And I get it because I used to think that stuff too. But I, it made so much sense to me that I really wanted to try it and see the difference that it made.
0: And I'm so glad you brought that up. It doesn't sound woo or off your rocker at all because we go through seasons in our life and through the seasons in nature, right? But it affects us directly. You know, in winter, you do want to hunker down. You do want to nurture and you do want to curl up. And that's when I actually love to do things like writing mm-hmm. and just being inside more and just really looking and reflecting. And then in summary, yeah, I want to be outside, I want to be vibrant, I want to be doing all the things. And I know this from Wealth Dynamics work with Roger Hamilton. He talks about the seasons as well and when there's time to be growing and launching and times when there should be reflecting and hunkering down and taking stock. So I'm super glad you brought those up and I'll be sure to reference them in the in the podcast post. But I think it's incredibly important. And when I've been launching in different seasons, I've often seen Whether it's been a hit or a miss, just because of where people are at in their life. Like you can Mm -hmm. launch at any time of the year, but there, as you said, spring is an amazing time because everybody's in that mode and they're like, "Oh, what is it? You know, I want to be flourishing. I want to be getting into this. I've got to get going." And it's a beautiful energy to have versus some of the heavier months when it's cooler and darker and people are just, as you said, sort of just going more into themselves, more internally, and taking stock. So I think it's really important for people to know and when to plan their promotions, their events, their launches, their products, their services, and also their holidays and all the good things in life around those seasons. And how has that affected your business? So when you put that into practice, I'd love to know like one, how long did it take or were the sort of results quite quick in terms of what you recognized?
1: Well after she told me that I wanted to do I wanted to learn that right away. I wanted to test it out right away. So I got off that (laughs) medicine. And I started to sync my calendar. So it was like first week is winter, second week is spring, third week, summer, fourth week, autumn. Then again, you just repeat it. And so I was able to kind of start looking in that way when people would reach out and say, hey, can you do this interview on April 6th? I'm able to look and see, nope, that's going to be my winter week. So no, I I can do it the next week though. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, okay, great so it really is setting me up for success because i find that if i had done that interview the week prior i just wouldn't be my bubbly self i wouldn't be able to sell my i would just answer your question probably a little bit more in a yes or no manner and mm-hmm. not give you what you want and i want to give people the best of me and so if somebody needs me to read something and give them a review i'm going to tell them that i can do that during that fourth week during that more autumn cycle for me because i know I'm going to be able to focus on it better. And so it just, it's given me permission to say, no, I can't do that now. I can do it then. Mm -hmm. And you're going to want me to do it then because I'm going to be able to really dedicate the time and give you my best self. Then it allows me to kind of schedule things and plan things way better than to just say, yeah, I can do that for you, you know, kind of thing.
0: So just to be clear, so I get it. So there's seasons in the year, but you were saying within a month, we go through those four seasons.
1: Yes. So a female cycle Thank you. goes through it. Yes. Monthly. Yes. So, and then outside yes, of that,
0: we also have the seasons of the year, which I think are really important. Okay. Yes. Cool. And so and what my really doctor amazing. was doing was she was comparing the seasons of the year to your four week cycle. Yeah. Love it. Do. Okay. Thank you. Sorry. I'd like, that was a very small nuance that I missed, but I really appreciate <laughs> that. And then, yeah. And so yeah, there's a lot to take in then, right? Just I think women are so intuitive from that perspective. And we do understand when we're really listening into our bodies, into our hearts, souls, minds, and guts, we feel all of that. So it's taking stock of that and noticing throughout a month, just where your energy is lying. And I'm the same, like I'll have weeks where I'm just on fire with everything and others where I just want to like, just chill out or be out in nature or take a rest and I'm just doing a much better job these days of listening to that and tuning in. So now I know that it's also in turn with the cycle. Wherever you're at in that cycle for you as women, listen in. So, this is really juicy stuff. And this is in your book, right?
1: Yes, I touch on it a little bit in the book. Now, the book is mainly about what was going on in my personal life when I was building this business. And it's very, the people who have read it have said that it's kind of for every woman out there. It's very raw, it is very vulnerable. We talk about things that women go through today that nobody really wants to talk about. And it's just basically sharing my story. And I hope that helps. But yeah, I I do touch on that. It's about kind of healing myself after going through after building this business and kind of what I was going through personally, and even just with my childhood and stuff. And so when you get to the point of actually finally taking care of yourself, for me, that whole cycle thing was kind of part of it. I was going through Mm -hmm. this time where I didn't want to, I didn't really want to be with my husband and I didn't want to I worked because that's where I felt validated, mm-hmm. but I was overworking myself and and I basically didn't have anything left, like my adrenals were depleted, and they started to borrow from my endocrine system, borrowed from my my ovaries and my brain and my thyroid everything and it just that's why you get to a point of no return, really, until you start to really work on yourself and mm-hmm. so That was just one of the things that I learned. And one of the things that I think is really helpful in that is we as women, I think we can have maybe a day or two or or even a week where we are just on fire. We're killing it. And then the next week we'll go, what is wrong with me? Last week, I was amazing. Like last week I did this and this, like, what is wrong? Why? And we start beating ourselves up. And man, when I tell you, I learned about this whole cycle thing. It was such a permission To go, no, that was last week because last week you were in summer and now you're in autumn. So you're not going to be that way Mm. for another three weeks. And that's okay. So let's focus on your strengths in autumn. And that was really freeing for me.
0: Yeah, I think it's super important that more women like you step up and share these things in their books because all women are going through so many similar things. And it's great to be able to hear it from people who've been there and done that and seen the success, but can also show you all the emotions and all the events that led them to where they got and doing more of that deeper work and truly understanding who you are and who you need to become in order to build this beautiful life, build the business that you want and make the impact and all the yeah. gritty bits and the dirty bits and the bits sort of tough and challenging and really, really speak to those because life isn't a box of chocolates, even though you'd love it to be. And I think the more that we focus on the good, the bad, and the ugly, so to speak, the more real it's going to be and the more doable it's going to become. And when we face those tough times, we can go, no, actually, this is part of the journey. This is what's right. going to make me stronger, more resilient. This is natural. In fact, how do I embrace this? How do I absolutely embrace it and do something wholeheartedly brilliant with it? So thank you for right. writing your book. I know in my Suck It Up Princess book, there's going to be a lot of that, as you can probably tell from the title. and. I'm excited to write a book that's more vulnerable like you have. it. not my normal status operando. I'm very honest and transparent, but I think coming from a real place of vulnerability is going to be refreshing for me, but hopefully also refreshing for all the people in my community and other women out there who have been going through this themselves. Because the more we talk about it, the more it's normalized and naturalized.
1: Exactly. I hope so. I think that there's a lot out there that's like, you can have it all. You can be a mom and a business owner (laughs) and make buckets of money and travel the world. And yeah, you can, but there's also, it's not just this beautiful image that you do these five things on this online course and you're going to have that life. Like that's not how it is. And I think there's a whole part that isn't being shown. And for me, sleeping with a stranger, what it really is, is, I call it the underground. I take it as like talking about a seed that you plant. And when you plant a seed, there's a lot of work that happens underground that no one sees. And no one really wants to do the underground work because no one sees it. And no one's going to, you can't take a picture and post it and everyone tell you how great you are, you know, (laughs) when you're doing the underground work, that doesn't happen. But the truth is, is that the underground work is where, is where the real, work begins. And that is where you're in that darker place. It's not fun. No one sees it. You feel really lonely, but you have to get to a point where you're almost broken. What happens to the soil for something to pop out and for it to be fruitful and multiply is for, it has to break the soil. Hmm. So that underground, that dark part, and then the breaking has to all happen in order for the fruitfulness to come. And so my book, Sleeping with a Stranger is really about the underground and it's putting a light to that and sharing, yeah, you've gotten to see the fruitfulness, but now let me show you what happened underground.
0: And what do you most want for people to take away from that book? Because you bring them underground with you, so to speak, and taking them through that dark process. Do you want them to just show that it's What is it? Actually, I'd love to know. Is it that it's worth it, that there's possibility that this magic can happen when you do that, when you break through? Or what would be the biggest sort of impact that you'd love for your book to have on a person?
1: For me, I think it doesn't even have to do with business. It has everything to do with you have to kind of walk through your pain in order to find your truest self. And that may have nothing to do with business. You may be a school teacher, a nurse, you may have zero desire to ever own your own business. It's perfectly fine. I still think that you have to be able to embrace your pain and be able to walk with your pain in order to discover who your truest self is. And I think we numb ourselves a lot with people numb their real thoughts and their pain with with alcohol. They numb it with drugs, but also people numb it with social media, just being addicted to something other than sitting still and being with your thoughts. And the second you start to think of something, you're like, let me turn on the TV or let me read this or let me look at Instagram or let me work on my website. Let me just work. Let me, you know what I mean? Let me cook something. It's, we got to be doing, doing, doing all the time. There are people who they literally don't close their eyes until they have, until they cannot hold them open anymore from scrolling on their phone. That is no different in my opinion than being addicted to, to other things. So I hope that people can learn to face their pain and walk through it to become who they're really ultimately meant to be.
0: Beautiful. Definitely a book worth picking up and reading. Thank you so much for being on Untapped Podcast. I know we could discuss a lot more, but I feel like you've left us with just a lot to think on, to reflect on, and to actually move forward with and I would love to know the best place for people to reach out. Thank you for your time and connect with you.
1: Oh, uh, thank you. You can uh, find me
0: at jessicazimmerman.com. Beautiful. And I did actually just have one final question, given sure. that this interview is taking place in the time of unprecedented times and the, the business that you're in, I'd love to know just for people who are listening, you know, I'm sure it's had an impact on your business, given that you have two parts to it. How have you managed through that, or how is that sort of? left you sitting with all this wisdom that you've gained over the the last many, many years, but especially in the last year of this place of coming from being in the present moment. How is that sort of serving you right now? And how has your business been affected? Because I think it's important for us to be discussing this as well right now. Sure. And I'll be totally
1: honest. I'm going to give an answer that probably people don't want to hear. But my business has not been affected because I had taken the time to set up the foundation of my business. And I don't rely, I don't spend more time on social media than I do actually working on my business. The only thing that I've had to really adapt to is having my children home, but still I'm able to kind of rework to where I have time with them and then I come upstairs to my office and I do my thing and I work. But as far as financially and as far as what we have coming up, I mean, nothing has changed because we've set ourselves up to where we don't depend on other things. Yeah, We are not yeah. dependent on a brick and mortar. We are not dependent on face-to-face sales. We are not dependent on ads on Facebook or anything like that. We are dependent on our website, which we own and have, and on our products and services that we are offering and selling. And we, you know, have millions of views on our website, because we know how to drive traffic there, because we use Pinterest. I have a whole program called The Power of Pinning, which teaches about that. But yeah, I mean, we thankfully, we're kind of in the best case scenario, but it's because we have set our business up to survive Mm -hmm. and to thrive. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. And I think it's great for people to hear that, because that's what I want more people to hear, is that if you take the time now to build the foundations, to have multiple revenue streams and a really rock solid business that is a recession proof in many ways, you are going to thrive during these times, not just five. And mm-hmm. I think I want more people to be talking about that so that the people who are in a place right now of uncertainty and fear and panic, I hear you, but if we can get you to be a, a place of not experiencing that again or not in the same way, then our jobs are, are working because we're helping you to, give yourself independence from that and and be in a place of calm, grounded knowing that you've got this right. Right. And yeah. you
1: basically have two choices. You can feel like it's out of control and so you're just gonna give up and quit. Or you can look at the what happened in the two thousand and eight recession. Some of the biggest businesses that are out there today were a result of that recession. Pinterest mm-hmm. and Uber and Airbnb these all came out of that time. So and so true. you've got two choices. You can put your head down and work and come up with something and every day do something. Or you can throw your hands in the air and say, well, I give up. It's up to you. It's a choice. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much, Jessica. Beautiful words to part on. I really appreciate you. And thanks for being <laughs> such a fantastic guest here on Untapped. Thank you for having me. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. I know Jessica had so much to say. I just kind of let her run with it for a lot of the time and then dived in where I needed to sort of pull more out. And as I said, I really wanted that interview to be from a place of just having the conversations, right? Being real, being raw, being authentic, tuning into what we're feeling right now and how we can use this to move forward and to make some really positive actions that set us up for not only now, but the future. I feel like I've been harping on for so long about building an online business with multiple revenue streams that gives you the freedom and independence you deserve, that sets you up financially for any hardships, for any times of uncertainty and doubt. And I haven't always got this right, but I feel incredibly lucky today, particularly in recording this podcast, that one, I have a business that is thriving right now, two, I don't actually need to run this business currently to be able to afford our mortgage, to be able to live the way we're living. Of course, I want the business to run, but on this day in particular, I just got the publicizer campaign for my book, finished up with over 415 pre-orders and just an awesome base of money that has been given to me by generous supporters that I can now invest into my book. And also on this day, just so happens to be that my Portugal house that I sold in January, the money just came through today, a ton of money just landed in my bank account. and I'm not saying this to go, oh, well, look at you, Natalie, aren't you lucky? But one decision that I made back in 2016 to invest in a property over there with my hard-earned money from my business has now set me up with the other decision that I made in January to sell that and to bring that money back to New Zealand to invest here, which has now led me to today having a, a super healthy bank account in times when most of us need cash on hand, right? Let's be honest. So I'm sharing that because the decision that you make today and maybe what is one of the hardest times of your life is going to set you up for future abundance and future success on your own terms. And it can start right now. So again, the show notes for this podcast are at Sisson.com forward slash podcast. Please go there, search for Jessica Zimmerman, or episode 64. While you're there, have a look at some of the other fantastic episodes that have been coming through recently about how to make fundamental shifts in your mindset, about how to uncover hidden profits in your business, oh, about my mission in 2020 and how I'm working on that. I'm super excited about it, how you need to be proactive right now rather than reactive in your business. So much goodness. And if you have a beautiful moment, right now to leave a review on iTunes. I would greatly appreciate it. 2020 is the year to get back into making that humble ass because it does make a huge difference to shifting this podcast up in the algorithm so more people see it when they tune in to look at what's new and what's trending and what's valuable. And I would love for this podcast to be there thanks to you. Either way, thank you for listening in every single week or tuning in whenever you can. It just means the world to me and I will continue to show up if you do. Take care and tap into your potential today.